0: So this is The Honest Truth and Over the Horizon. This podcast is now combined. I'm Nicholas Lockwood and my partner is...
1: Uh, Hi, I'm Ayla Wise.
0: Um, All right. So this year, The Honest Truth and Over the Horizon are a combined podcast and we have introduced a new podcast um, called Hawk Volt, as right now is the preliminary name for it. And we just combined The Honest Truth and Over the Horizon since I was um, part of the being head contributor of last year for this podcast. I just thought it was important to combine these podcasts because social issues and political issues kind of overtwine each other. And I just thought it was very significant. Um, We are also starting this year with the podcast, the podcast for last year in the 2020 through 2021 school year was starting in late of last year due to the pandemic and things reopening. So we had the ability to start those um specific podcast just to follow the guidelines and since we're back in school with everybody we can be able to discuss everything but then this meeting will be through zoom this time so the audio quality will be a little bit more um difficult than just the setup audio room right now but that is the status currently going on um what do you think of the podcast ayla as of right now
1: uh, so far, I've been editing the podcast, and it, it's pretty good from what I know. Um, I have to say that, or Mr. Pause will come after me. But um, yeah, it's pretty good.
0: Um, so for our specific podcast, we just um, had a little bit of changes through last year, especially relating to organization. We also got a lot of new um, members of the profile. Um, last year, we only had about six to seven people, including the state pause, but this year we have around 13 um, active journalists on our podcast. So our podcast will have much more of a diverse role and how we have different points of view. But for the specific podcast, as of right now, I'm going to be head contributor and I think Ayla is going to also be secondary head contributor for this podcast, yeah. and we are just wanting to focus on political and social issues as of right now, if that is important. Um, anything else to add, Ayla, about the specifics of what this podcast is about?
1: Um, note that some of what we say does not reflect the school's views. It is sometimes it can be our own opinion on the subject.
0: Yeah, so our own opinion is also important. So part of the school journalist, um, like the appropriate thing in Adams 12 is just that our views don't match the districts. We just are individual students talking about specific issues that we care about and people can base them off whatever we want and we just want things to be civil, especially today. Um, But we also talk about more local issues now, since it is the honest truth, we talk about social issues, like more specifically in school, because we want to discuss with other um, people in different groups, um, from Adams 12 to the state to also um, national news. All right, anything additional, as like repeated before? (laughs)
1: Don't cancel us on Twitter, please. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't think we'll get that much attention, <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah, so yeah, no canceling. We are not a fan of cancel culture in this house. That's also a social issue that we could talk about eventually. It's not gonna be talked about today, because so that's not really relevant to the news, um, but it is important to talk about something like cancel culture if that is important to different types of students. We could even inter talk about people who do get canceled if that makes sense um but the, that's kind of getting off topic so um we've kind of already repeated the guidelines for these topics but um for our specific topic of the podcast so political social um school news that's mostly affecting people instead of talking about technology or pop culture it's more specifically aligned with government and um, rules established and how people follow them. So for our topics today, we are talking about the change in the dress code for women specifically in Adams 12. There also is like, there's a slight dress code that happened recently within Adams 12 and a lot of students have been talking about it in school. And I just thought it was important to highlight in the podcast, um, mask mandates in Adams 12. So under tri-county health, there's been new approaches relating to specific measures that have formed under mask mandates. When we started at the beginning of the year, we did not have to wear masks, but then that policy changed recently. So that's also really important. For national news or like a specific state being affected, we're going to be talking about Hurricane Ida. So Hurricane Ida was a category four hurricane that just started off um, at 150 miles per hour, so a really strong hurricane that hit New Orleans. It also affected New England but more specifically Louisiana and our feelings about climate changes right now, especially relating to our current generation. And then the Afghanistan conflict, if we have enough time, we could also, um, it's not gonna be like purely from an article standpoint, we're just gonna talk about our observations on the situation and we could talk about our opinions. And then a newly introduced thing is our monologues for this year. So we have a specific topic that we wanna talk about. Um, For me, it's the California recall and then um, for Ayla. Yeah. Maybe it yeah.
1: Like you, celebrity on a bomb from good luck, Charlie.
0: Yeah. And so that relates to like some of our mask mandates and then we just finish it off with the conclusion. So I'm just going to start off the podcast with a change in the dress code for Adams 12. So I'm not, the dress code doesn't really affect me personally, because I'm kind of, I want honestly say I'm male. So I, I just I don't have that issue at all, but I know a lot of um, women in school have had the issue with the dress code, especially in middle school. What? How about you, Ayla?
1: Um, I remember in middle school that I was dress coded when I uh, I was wearing a bandana in my hair to pull back my hair. It, they thought I was in a gang for some reason, but I don't think gangs wear polka dot. Um bandanas
0: so So, um what middle school did you go to ayla for was it rocky top
1: shadow ridge um it it was worse than rocky top
0: so they dress coded you over wearing a band was it like similar to hats because that is also like i think i've gotten in trouble for that before was wearing a hat but they also do rules for bandanas which is um weird
1: At school, it was a lot of kids who were, like, trying to get in gangs and stuff. So they thought that because I was wearing a polka dot bandana that was tying back my hair, I was trying to join a gang. But
0: um, Oh, oh, yeah, continue, sorry.
1: Rainbow polka dots.
0: The polka dots are part of gang culture right now. So just like to intertwine with our opinion. I think my opinion is that it directly targets women more specifically because like a lot of the guidelines, like with the gang stuff, like with the bandana that would affect men more specifically, especially with hats, but like with women, like talking about what like outfits they can wear. um, I thought that was important. And apparently a group of freshmen last year went to the superintendent to change the policy, but like some people have said the policy hasn't changed and others have. Well, um, do you know any well, more information? The
1: policy right now, and it actually looks a bit stricter than last year's. Like, we we weren't able to wear trench coats before, but now we actually can't wear shirts that have revealing necklines or armholes. So, but the thing on revealing is why we is about two inches above your chest where it doesn't show any cleavage but you can still get dress coded for that
0: um yeah so there's still specifics related to it that are important um which i think relates to the segment about um, mask mandates if there's anything to add with the dress code Mm.
1: So I see that um, in the Horizon student handbook that we are unable to wear a common color in use in affiliation with a, and I quote, disruptive group. The, uh, are they afraid to say gangs?
0: <laughs> I mean, they honestly are. Like, to be honest, it's like, they're trying to make like it be like a gang thing that's like they also that's why i heard about hats too because like they always were they're still super strict about hats and that's like a traditional thing within the american school structure is hats which i find really bizarre i don't know if that's
1: my friend gavin he wears a hat to school each morning and each time the teacher tells him to take it off he isn't giving up on
0: that Well, it also just depends on what hat, like, I would agree with like the dress code if there was like something like inappropriate that was like specific, but like if somebody's wearing a beanie and they're asking you to take it off, it's like, I think I got yelled at before because I was wearing a beanie um, because it was like cold winter and then I go inside they're like, take off that hat. It's like, these things aren't issues within the school structure, (laughs) like I feel like there's a lot more things that people should be worried about especially related to education rather than what somebody's wearing
1: no nick your beanie was too distracting
0: it was distracting
1: we
0: We are causing a promotion of gang culture it's like i just disagree with that i think that would be an issue you could talk about with the admin eventually later about the issue but I think a lot of the teachers actually agree with that as well, like discussing the dress code because they think it's a little bit over, um, like, it's overproportionate proportionate for people and is kind of ridiculous in my honest opinion. Yeah. Um,
1: um, we can't wear house slippers to school or pajamas. That is, that is very specific.
0: I mean I kind of agree with that though like what
1: what counts as pajamas
0: I mean like if somebody's wearing like bringing blankets to school like that trend was really weird if I remember it because I don't know I just I feel like you're still in a professional setting so I feel like there's some parts of it like pajamas because like you would never show up to work as an adult in pajamas like maybe if like they're talking about like comfy outfits like sweatpants i don't think those would be banned i think they're talking about like hello kitty um like you know what i'm talking like fuzzy like outfits that just look weird
1: what i classify as pajamas are the clothes you sleep in like i could be wearing my usual clothes to school but they don't know if i slept in that does that count as me
0: wearing pajamas. I mean they can't just dis- like yeah that's like the same thing with me it's like I don't really have the energy to change out I just wear the same clothing to bed like I'm done I'm just like once I get home I'm just like I'm done for the day I don't want to work I just don't want to do anything in that part <laughs> I realize I have to do like four hours of homework so it's like oh well
1: when I get home, I just kind of zone out for the next like few hours and then I wake up and I'm straight back into first period and it sucks.
0: Um, Yeah, and especially with the, I think we talked about the dress code for a while, Um, but as I previously stated um, with this, I think dress code, I think it's also important to highlight mask mandates within school. So under Tri-County Health, there was a new order, order that schools could not opt out of, basically mandating masks for students two and above. So, um, in other words, that includes kindergartners to twelfth grade. Seniors have to wear a mask at school, which that was a change from policy at the beginning of the year because it was only elementary and sixth graders that had to wear it, and then now counties in Douglas, Arapaho and Adams cannot opt out which i think i don't know I, a lot of students are upset about the policy i th- i i'm kind of am i feel like there's just a vaccine now and i feel like you could maybe show your vaccine as identification i'm not sure though it's just it's a complicated thing in science cuz masks do prevent the spread of covid but also at the same time you have to take into account if the mask was properly worn and there's multiple things that are externalities or risk and people just yeah, I think, need to realize that.
1: Like, I just got out my first COVID shot today and um, you you know me. I've been wearing a mask in school for the entirety of the year so far. Uh, even yeah. if I am, am fully vaccinated, I would... St- and masks were optional, I would still wear the mask because that is what I am just most comfortable with. However, I do agree with you on it being a pretty controversial on not allowing all students to not wear a mask. If you are fully vaccinated, I feel like you shouldn't have to wear one.
0: I mean... I, I'm fully vaccinated, like I got my shots in May and June so I could just like easily get hired at places, but also was just that out of like a safety thing. So when it was originally introduced as kind of cautious, um, I just wanted to see how other people felt. I think that was like a normal thing and then I just decided to take the vaccine. Um, but I just, I, I don't know, I'm just frustrated because there's just a huge portion of people who... Um, don't want to get vaccinated and, and they don't realize it's like issuing these mandates like most of the people like most sc- school students they will have to follow it because well there's guidelines like anything um, students have to follow within the school structure they have to do but people who aren't willing to take the vaccine or follow mandates like they're not going to do that anyway so just reintroducing these mandates in my view would just um, be less, like, more harmful, or, like, less like productive, because it's just punishing people who've already put the work in to get vaccinated.
1: Yeah, because, like, if you go to a Walmart or something, I'm not sure how much this makes other people mad, but it makes me kind of mad. I will see this 10-year-old girl not wearing a mask, or, like, somebody who... I know who said I am never getting vaccinated. The vaccines give you five G and all that. And they aren't wearing a mask either. And I'm just like, Guys, guys, why? You're you're gonna you're gonna get COVID.
0: Well it's also like you could talk about um young children because like people below twelve cannot get the vaccine. So yeah. I don't know, like, if they should wear a mask. Like, personally, I would say most likely they would. Um, Could I see a three-year-old properly wear one? No. Um, But I just think... I
1: don't think if you're under two, you should be wearing a mask because of, like, breathing thing.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. But it's, like, with over two, like, what age group... um, like would they properly wear it like the, i don't know maybe it's just i i have not had experience about being around elementary schools because well i haven't gone there literally almost a decade it's kind of crazy looking back because the last time i've been in an elementary school was sixth grade when i just decided to visit base teachers but going on well, more topic I is tell like
1: you that they are horrible i have um these two nieces they live with me um, they go to elementary school, and I'm just so concerned for them, because like the school isn't bad, it's just that the people there suck. Like they suck too. It's fine, but I don't want to hear them complaining about having to wear a mask for six hours at a time. And then yeah. Going on to YouTube to watch the latest uh, Minecraft YouTuber video.
0: <laughs> um yeah um it's just i don't know it's really frustrating um situation with delta um this is kind of going on to the pandemic but like the pandemic is obviously a political issue like if we should have these mandates or not i think i wouldn't be as frustrated with these mandates if there wasn't like a goal at the end i just i don't think there's a goal. And I think that's why people have just lost a lot of trust within public policy. It's just they don't feel like there's a goal related to new mandates, so why should they follow them?
1: Yeah, I mean at first, in the beginning there was a goal, you just have to quarantine for two weeks, you would be fine. Six months later, you're starting the next year at home.
0: Yeah, so it's like obviously people will be mad. Um, Yeah,
1: they said it as a long... They said it under the disguise of being a short-term goal when really... To, like, get rid of COVID, but when really it is a very, very long-term goal with how we're acting as a whole right now.
0: I mean, like last year especially in may i was like wear your mask like tightly like because i didn't want to get quarantined because that was also like an issue in horizon last year because i had four ap tests that i had to get taken and it was just and i knew all these other people who had to take like all these ap tests and it would just it would have been so frustrating to take them at home and also there just wasn't like vaccine availability to our group so It was just, it made sense at the time, like just wear a mask, prevent this rad, um, be safe. And then all these other things. So I can understand kind of like the fear around it still. It's just, I would say frustrating to have to deal with it again. I think everybody would be frustrated even if it's like supporting it.
1: Yeah, um, I know my cousin, I don't want to say her name cuz I don't like her. Um she fully believes that the vaccines and masks are like not real. Um she believes that the vaccine will give you 5G or whatever that means. And like, N- Nick, do you have 5G Wi-Fi emanating from your body?
0: I mean, <laughs> um no i don't have the 5g emanating but it is going directly through all of our bodies basically like this is the conspiracy theories that the 5g spreads the virus so basically they're establishing the cell tower we could have a whole episode about these conspiracy theories (laughs) because they make me laugh so much and i think they actually do align with how insane the political like divide is today so we could have an episode about um conspiracy theories in detail um yeah, but it's just, it's also frustrating because there's also those that, that group of people and they're just never going to change and you're never going to convince them otherwise about taking the vaccine or why these things are important to do that it's just directly harming society. Um,
1: yeah, like I had told my family that I was getting the first dose and she had told me that i was gonna die that i was gonna get killed by 5g and you know what i am now slightly mad not that i didn't die but um that i am not getting 5g wi-fi that i am instead just getting 4g and that
0: i mean like talk about useful like if the vaccine actually had that microchip in it That would give you 5G everywhere so people would just walk around and have service. That sounds like a dream come true. But like, these people are so ridiculous. It's like, but like, who actually believes this?
1: She doesn't realize that her smartphone tracks her and that the government therefore doesn't need a shot to control you.
0: Well, it's like the NSA already has all this information. Like, I think surveillance state, like I'm totally against it. But it's like, they're probably just hearing this through our Zoom meeting, to be honest. And it's like,
1: how are you doing, government? Um, <laughs> Hope you have a good day.
0: It's like, oh, well, we can't do much about it. Um, I don't know. I just, I think gym class is the worst, though. I think I can, I just don't want to lift weights with the mask on. But I guess it's just for the general help of the community. I don't think I'll be making it too much of a scene about it because I it doesn't it doesn't do any hurt to wear one I just think it just it doesn't harm anyone directly so if I just have to wear it I'll wear it if I don't need to I don't need to it's just that's my position I don't really have anything else to add besides like repeating myself um do you have anything else to add Ayla
1: um actually this ties in perfectly with what's going on with Lee Allen Baker that mom from Good Luck Charlie
0: um, yeah, so you could do your monologue right now if that's all right. We you know.
1: transition ever. Oh,
0: yeah, so you could start your monologue um, right now and then um, just like start off there, or do you want to do it um, eventually later at the specific point that we plan?
1: Uh, I'll start off now.
0: All right, so you can just start off your strip. Strap in, Nick.
1: This is a wild ride. All right. So, um, Lee Baker claims that her children have seizures due to the dyspraxia, which normally this wouldn't mean anything to me, except that she's recently been protesting having a mask mandate at a Tennessee public school that she sends her children to. And, like, the woman has been in over 46 movies and TV shows and has, like, a net worth of over $2 million. Yet, she is complaining about sending her children to a public school. So, I wouldn't normally address the dyslexia, but the fact that she is completely lying about how many children she has to have it, it is slightly suspicious because um, what the Oxford Dyslexia group say is that if an individual has dyspraxia and as of a result of having dyspraxia has an aversion to wearing tight clothing around his or her face, he or she is exempt from wearing face masks due to being unable to wear the face mask due to having a disability. However, they do suggest that the individual looks at the different type, types of masks available for them. And as I was saying before, she's been lying about how many video clip from her speech. Let me pull it up. Hey,
0: my name is Lee Allen. Yeah. Baker, California refugee. <laughs> I gave up everything there. A really successful Hollywood career, television shows, gave it all up for freedom and to come to this friendly place in Tennessee and be greeted with open arms. And I love it here. Um, I wanted to tell you that I have two vaccine-injured children and they have medical exemptions because after the seizures and the hospitalizations, after all of their immunizations, I was granted obviously a medical exemption. So my children are those rare children that will just not be able to get the vaccine. And still I would never put them in a mask because their brain needs oxygen to grow, which the neurologist can confirm. Uh anyway, the real part of the clown show is that you all think that you actually have the authority to mandate this.
1: So, um, where do you even begin with that? Like, how... I had to listen to that audio about 40 times when writing the script, and I still can't make any sense of it, and I still have to re-listen to it. So I'll start with the main argument. So she says that using facial coverings make you unable to breathe. But um, according to multiple studies done by the World Health Organization, CDC, a doctor who wore six facial coverings at the same time, and so many others, masks do not cause you to lose oxygen unless you stuff them up your nose and into your mouth. If you are exercising, you are allowed to take off the mask or wear, like, a surgical one. But, um, otherwise, your brain is not being deprived of oxygen with the masks unless you're wearing it like a saran wrap thing around your face because of your fantasy to become a sea turtle. So, and then there's the Constitution, Bible, Federalist Papers, Bill of Rights, and other things Declaration of Independence and she calls them books. She, the, those aren't books on well, the Bible is a book, but um the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are documents. I'm not going against anybody's religion here, but I've gone through the Bible. I have completely read it. There is nothing saying that you cannot use the face mask to stop people from getting sick. It instead says that treat others the way you want to be treated. And, like, you're not going to want people to come up and sneeze and cough in your face in an attempt to get you sick. So, she's trying to... Use those quotes from the Bible as a way to justify her points, but in doing so, she is being like kind of sacrilege. So then there's a whole separation of church and state to where, like, the state cannot interfere with the church and the church cannot interfere with the state. Those two are completely separate things. Therefore, what the state does is no accordance in the Bible. So if the state says you wear a mask, you have to wear the mask. If um, the book says do not wear a mask, then you do you. But um, you're going to need to come up with a way better argument for that. So, along with her inability to think logically, she's complaining about a public school she's sending her children to, whilst also bringing up a very successful acting career. I mean, they really did find the perfect actress to play Amy Duncan, because, like, I can't even. So, she has been bragging about her successful acting career and all. But she isn't sending her kids to a private school or getting, getting them personal tutors to where they don't have to wear the mask. Because, like, a sex- successful acting career means you make uh, quite a bit of money, I would imagine. Or you should, at least, for being in, like, 46 movies and TV shows. But she's just complaining instead of actually doing anything. And along with her anti-mask and vaccine speech, she has also been attacking Dr. Fauci and others on Twitter. A quote from Zach Hunt says that this is... Compl- whenever I get blocked by her Twitter account. Keep your kids at home if you're scared. Even your god Fauci says they don't work. And what is pinned on her personal Twitter is no parent should ever push their beliefs, fears, or will on other people's children. So, the the irony here, the (laughs) irony, I am... She states in that audio clip that she doesn't want the mask mandate. So therefore she is pushing her beliefs onto other people's children by protesting it. But you dare not push your beliefs onto her. I, I would say more of her tweets... But I just can't go down that rabbit hole today. So, before I lose my mind in this type of recording hell, let's just recap. She is against both vaccines and masks because they are unsafe. She brought her most important books of the Bible, Declaration of Independence, Constitution, Federalist Papers, and a bill of rights to a school board meeting to prove her rights. She has a very successful Hollywood career that she gave up for her kids. And we better not talk about our own fears whilst she gets to rant about hers. You know what? Let's actually hear that with actual facts. She is anti-vax and anti-mask because she's misinformed and a liar. She believes that the base document of America and Bible allows her to impede our rights, and she is a washed-up actress who won't be able to land a job after this. She also has no problem telling us to shut up about our opinion, whilst also shoving her opinion down our throats. And she has been seen attacking medical professionals and random people on the internet just to prove she's right. There's one thing left that I have to say about this, Charlie. If your mom becomes anti-vax, well, good luck, Charlie. Oh, we record that in anchor. All at-
0: oh, right, so that was pretty detailed. I think that's a little bit crazy with the audio clip. It kind of reminds me of those like city council people who like flip out over like some new. Um, thing the city is introducing relating to COVID-19 um that's just really crazy is there anything
1: for the irony with this woman it's amazing
0: yeah um I don't really have anything else to add I think Ayla like set up like all the, like the details pretty well with the like longer monologue I don't I don't really have anything else to say do you have any... it and I'll start my radar pretty quickly or um, um monologue
1: do not look at her tweets on Twitter. They, she thinks that we're drinking aborted fetuses in our Pepsi drinks. And I'm not even joking about that.
0: Oh my God. All right. So for um, Ayla's monologue, that was like a pretty interesting issue by like a specific actor who was pretty aggressive about that stance. So for my portion or monologue um, tutorial, I'm obviously going to be talking about the 2021 recall of um, Governor Gavin Newsom from the Golden State of California, my current analysis on this specific election. Um, For many, this election will be considered a shock because many gubernatorial elections in California and Colorado occur in the midterm elections. And midterm elections for context are basically presidential elections um between presidential elections more specifically it happened every two years um after the previous election so 2022 then 2018 um 2014 and basically got california schedules them every four years so 2018 to 2022 and governor gavin newsom was elected in 2018 in the blue wave year basically um, however, he is facing a recall election this year, which is incredibly rare in the state of California and hasn't happened in the state since 2003. And this is this twice um, that has happened within the state. And that's really important to look at. I would say the recall campaign flourished from an active petition that had a deadline in March 2021 that submitted 2.1 million signatures Newsom was able to admit that the recall petition was going to be confirmed and that he was most likely going to face a situation that he was going to be in political danger. According to an article in The Hill, Newsom states the following, I've only been in office 25 months. Just in 25 months, there's been six efforts to put my recall on the ballot. This one appears to have requisite signatures. Um, So basically, he said that on The View, which is a show on ABC with Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg. Um, the lieutenant governor, El- Eleni um, Kalnowskis, i don't think I pronounced that right—but that's important. Um, she's just the kind of vice president, basically, of California. She has to schedule a recall election because they hit the 1.5 million threshold, and she had to do certification on June 1st. So the secretary of state has to do certification of that recall election so it was scheduled on September 14th 2021 so in about 10 days as this podcast has been recorded there will be a recall election in California so, What exactly caused Newsom to be in political danger that he is facing in a historical recall election that happened in California since 2003 and is the second time that this is occurring? A major reason in my view is that he's a partisan governor who damaged his own personal reputation with his own individual actions relating to being viewed as an out-of-touch politician that doesn't follow his guidelines. This occurred with the frustration Um, Relating to the French laundry incident in the midst of a pandemic in 2020, he went to dinner with a lobbyist at a private party in California, which was one of his states that had one of the most strict COVID policies in the country. According to Politico, Newsom last week apologized for attending the dinner party, but the story persisted after Fox LA obtained pictures suggesting that November 6th's event wasn't exactly outside contrary to its description, and showed the governor dining with two top officials with powerful doctors lobby. This was due to his own personal decisions. And obviously this would frustrate many California voters because they would have to be living under strict lockdowns and other policy measures that they were following. And basically they had to follow. And basically then the governor can go to dinner without a mask with the lobbyist And that was just one of the reasons during the recall effort, which was at a petition at the time, it just spurred signatures up because people were already frustrated with the political system, especially after the 2020 election. Um, With this information, what is going to be happening in the recall? Well, you can't automatically guess because anything could happen, but even with many voters frustrations with Newsom, even Democratic voters, He's probably going to survive this recall and probably stay in political power. California is a really blue state. And it's also really unlikely that there's a Republican in this field that's going to take him down just based on the divided ballot measure. And there's not really another Democrat, unlike 2003, that's running against a current governor, which is important. Um, Newsom has also led in multiple polls, including Emerson, Survey USA, and um public policy polling in california that show him having substantial leads that he probably will not face um lose like he's not going to be removed from the governor office um i think however i just wanted to highlight this as an importance even if it's like probably going to have a predictable outcome at the end i think it's just important to look at the political divide he's so hated by a large majority of the population in California, that even if California was a blue state, you're supposed to be representing all the people and to be out of touch with a large portion of the voters that they just hate you so much that they will sign a signature to take you down basically is just reflective of how divided it is in the country and how we've gotten lost in how we should only represent the people who voted for you when in actuality the people It's not the people who only voted for you. It's also the entire group of people you're voting for um, who voted, not just people who supported you. So that's what I thought was important in this election. Anything else, Tad?
1: Wow. So that is one of the reasons I love and hate politics. Because on one hand, you get to see a bunch of -of out-of-touch billionaires or millionaires, trying to relate to the people and doing it in the worst ways possible. But on the other hand, those out-of-touch billionaires and millionaires are going to be, like, the next political figure that you have to follow.
0: I mean, that's what's so insane, is because, like, these people are all herited. Like, Newsom is the nephew of Nancy Pelosi from my current understanding so he's a family dynasty politician so like he already was going to be given a pedestal where he's going to have a position especially in a hyper blue state
1: Ooh, that is interesting and that call, calls for investigation in it maybe we could do it in like another episode because i want to know more
0: um yeah um well, we're not going to be talking about Afghanistan because we kind of are running out of time. But there's one issue that I thought was important because it just happened really recently is Hurricane Ida. So basically, Hurricane Ida affected New Orleans recently as a category four hurricane. It's like a really sad situation down there. It also affected the New East and gave historic flooding into New York, and New Jersey, as well as a remnant. Hur- um, a remnant. Basically, it's not a tropical system anymore, but it still brings a deluge of rain. Um, I just thought that was important with our generation because it's just representing climate change. And that's a huge social and political issue as of right now.
1: Yeah, I don't like the water. I especially don't like it when it floods. So, um, and we're, we're talking about climate change here. That means more flooding and more water, um, at least with the sea level. So, I do not like that at all, and we need to figure that out immediately.
0: Um, yeah, but it's just a sad situation down there. Like, to just give specifics, it was like 150 miles, like, in the core area of the hurricane. And also, it stayed at that intensity at Cat 4 in landfall for hours. Which is insane because usually when storms landfall, they weaken pretty rapidly from like a cat four to like a tropical storm in less than a couple hours. But due to the brown ocean effect, like how marshy and how much precipitation the state of Louisiana has been recently getting, it stayed at that intensity for hours going into smaller towns that wouldn't have to deal with that hurricane intensity because they would already have a weakened like the storm would have already weakened when they reached there but you had cat three winds approaching new orleans and then leading to a hundred percent blackout in the city far inland which is like crazy
1: that is horrible
0: um so and it brought a deluge of flooding to the northeast which is it's just a really sad issue and luckily it didn't turn out to be katrina again it did do a lot of damage last time i checked it did over 50 billion, over $50 billion in damages. Um, it's not near a near cultural or um, economically as bad as Katrina, um, but it's just a really sad situation down in New Orleans. And have you ever
1: been down to Louisiana?
0: Um, No, I have not been down to Louisiana. <laughs> um, I've been since, I've lived in South Carolina, but in, Um, not Louisiana.
1: I I visited Louisiana a few times to visit my family there, and uh, they live in one of the drier parts of Louisiana, and even then it is still so wet. There are lakes all around them, which is kind of weird for being in the drier part of an area to me. But um, I haven't been down to the more marshy parts, so Considering the fact that how bad it is regularly in like highlands areas, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like during the flood down there.
0: Um, yeah, it's just, and especially since the state got battered last year, like 2020 was a record season because it went to Greek alphabet names, but then this is like general news now like Laura hit last year as a cat four at the same intensity and the last storm that hit Louisiana at 150 miles per hour was in the 1850s, like Whoa. civil war. Like there was hurricanes that hit like Katrina hit as a three. Um, but this we've seen Laura and Ida hit the same intensity on the, state of louisiana which has not been seen at 150 miles or more since the great hurricane of louisiana in like 1852 or 53 it was in the 1850s like civil war time so this is just i think representative of something really bad changing in the environment
1: yeah pretty soon it's gonna get way worse
0: um hopefully well we can't be doomers all the time but
1: but we There's like, have to be realistic.
0: Yeah, realistic, but not be, like, totally um, doomerish. I, I, I think that's, like, important. Um,
1: a chance. There's always gonna be that one chance, so long as we actually do something about it.
0: Yes. Um, I don't really have anything else to add for this segment, just like it's a sad situation down there.
1: No, neither do I.
0: All right, so I think this podcast has gone on for a long time and this is just the first episode. So sorry if there's like any disorganization here. We just had difficulties with the editing process just due to the beginning weeks of school and having to do this through Zoom. However, I hope you learned something from the podcast. And with the outro, we just talked about the dress code, mask mandates, the crazy woman And good luck, Charlie. I don't even remember her name. (laughs) Um, um, The California recall of Gavin Newsom and Hurricane Ida and other hurricanes that hit recently in Louisiana. Is there anything else to add, Ayla? Uh,
1: Nope. Just stay safe out there and don't die. That is the best advice I can give you right now
0: all right so thank you for listening and i hope you enjoy the other podcasts we are introducing this year especially tech um hawk vault thank you guys
1: thanks y'all see ya
0: all right i'll in the pod-